Hi, I'm your host, Maya Banks. And I'm your co-host, Kelsey Crowder. And today we will be discussing colorism and its effects on the Black community. Disclaimer, since we are experiencing heavy rains in the Cyprus area, you will be hearing some thundering and loud noises in the background. So please forgive us for that as we continue on through the podcast. I kind of like it. I think it's soothing. <laughs> It'll feel like here with us. It's, it's, a, it's a little soothing. I like it for the mood that we're going into. Yeah, you shouldn't even apologize about that. It's like they're really here we're having a conversation. Okay, I'll take it back then. No disclaimer. Unless you are offended by rain and something tragic happened while it was raining. I'm so sorry. <laughs> anyway. Oh, anyway. <laughs> oh okay. Uh, so first we're going to define what colorism is. Colorism is defined by Merriam-Webster as prejudice or discrimination against individuals with a dark skin tone, typically among people of the same ethnic or racial group. Now, child, let's get into that last part. The same ethnic or racial group, that is very exactly. true because number one, especially in the Black community, we see most of the colorism happening within the Black community. Very hard. And I feel like some people don't realize it, or if they do, they don't want to call it out. And don't. Because... It may not help them. Mm-hmm. Like in a sense where it's like, oh, I'm not discriminatory against people in my own race. Like, how can I do that? We're both black. So, of course, mm-hmm. I can't discriminate against you. But then it's like when you look at the history and how everything, yes, we have a disadvantage because we are African-American. But darker African-American women and men are at a more disadvantage because of the color of their skin. And it's worse coming from your own community because it's like you understand what they're going through, but you don't want to see it. Especially that part about them not wanting to acknowledge it. And that's because they directly benefit from it. I've seen all the time, people introduce the conversations of colorism. And then we have light-skinned women coming in and saying, oh, well, I was bullied because I had light skin. Um, No, Jada, it's because you were not a nice person. That's why. Exactly. And um, when I was looking up stuff for this topic, it was basically saying how it derived from colonial slavery, which Mm -hmm. we know because everything was basically lighter skinned people were domestic work. So in the house, cooking, cleaning. And don't forget that brown paper bag test. Yes, I was just about to bring that up. And then the brown paper t- uh, paper bag test. Oh, I and think then- some of our viewers might not know what that is. If you don't know what the brown paper bag test is, it's to get into certain establishments during the Jim Crow era. You could not be darker than a brown paper bag. Exactly. So if you were lighter, you got work and you were able to make a living for yourself. And if you were darker, then basically that was the reason why you didn't get hired. Pretty much. And even today, we still see these things being perpetuated within the Black community. Again, with the Twitter thing, I was scrolling on Twitter. You know, you do a little Twitter stock and you see a funny comment. You go, oh, let me click on their account. I clicked on this person's account. Why did their bio say in 2021 of May, hashtag Team Lightskin? Um, Pardon me. And then to make matters worse, we have hashtag Team Good Hair right next to that hashtag Team Light Skin. Exactly. I click on the hashtag Team Light Skin. I'm seeing multiple colored tweets. Specifically, I saw one that said something along the lines of, so glad I'm light and I don't have to worry about my hair. Um, What? Exactly. Like, I don't get that. Like, my thing is, I feel like lighter skinned people inherited that mindset from 
their parents. Uh, you can say it. It's okay. From their, from their parents, but then yep. I also feel like it stemmed because generation to generation, if yep. we go back to colonial slavery, yep. um, whites and the colonizers pretty much favored lighter skinned people because they resembled closer to their color. And did. And so because it reminds me of like, I was watching this YouTube and it was about Coco Jones. If you don't know her, she was on Disney Channel. She did like Let It Shine, all those. I love and her. I love Coco Jones to death. And it was around the time that Zendaya was coming up. And you know how big Zendaya is. Love her. I oh, love both I of their work. Them to but get together like sisters. Exactly. And I feel like because Zendaya was lighter skinned, she can sing, she can dance. And even though Coco Jones can do the exact same thing, because she was lighter, Disney was like, she's marketable. Mm -hmm. And so with Coco Jones, because the type of music that she wanted to do and because she was darker, she wasn't marketable. So basically they just let her go. And it's like her career could have been so big. Mm-hmm. But because people were like, oh, she's darker skinned. She's not, uh, people's not going to like that. Like, she's not fitting the image of what Disney should be. Then she got dropped. And a lot of people see that in the industry. I feel like this generation and now we're calling it out more, mm-hmm. especially within the last recent years with like the Oscars and the music industry. We actually call out those issues. And you're starting to see a little bit more adversity. But at the same time, you're still seeing things like the hate you give. The girl that was on the cover was a darker skinned African-American uh, girl. But in the movie, she was lighter skinned. So then it's like, why can't we stay true to those roots and those traditions and actually tell the story? And I'm not saying the lighter skinned woman who played um, Star in the hate you give wasn't a great actress. But I'm just saying we could have gave a chance to somebody else and actually represent what the book was about. I really feel as though them marketing lighter skinned people is really because whenever you give them type, these type of medias to white communities, it's because lighter skinned people, it's more digestible towards them. It's more relatable because they're not as dark skinned. They don't have the hair. So take Zendaya, for example. In almost mm-hmm. every movie she was in, let's take Shake It Up. Uh, if you mm-hmm. don't know what Shake It Up was, it's this uh, TV show that was on Disney. And it was basically about Zendaya and Bella Thorne. She was a redhead white girl. And they were just dancers. But Zendaya yeah. on this TV show, I remember her having straightened hair. And if her hair wasn't straight, she had the super damaged curls that she had from straightening her hair for all of these TV show roles. Yeah. I feel as though it's because it is more digestible for white people, like you said. Yeah. And it's just... It's crazy to think of this light skin versus dark skin, but that's the reality that we're in. And I feel like the effects of colorism on the Black community kind of causes us to be divided. Mm-hmm. Even if people don't see it, it is a division. And I just hate how, like, especially like with the Oscars, because within the recent years, how a lot of African Americans weren't being recognized within consideration. And most of those people who were considered were at light skin actors or actresses it was not darker skin so it's like we're still having that issue with inclusion and I feel like people don't see that so with that it brought me to the question to why is colorism so widespread but not often talked about I really feel it's though it's because same thing with white privilege white people know that they experience this privilege but they refuse to acknowledge it because by acknowledging it they're losing that privilege and they don't want to lose that 
I think the same thing goes for lighter skinned people. I've met multiple people the same skin tone as me, and they're telling me all of these colorist things such as, oh, I'm so glad I have lighter skin. I don't want to go into the sun when it's the summer because I don't want to get darker, or I'm so glad I have good hair. They're telling me these things because they feel as though since we're the same skin color, I don't have the same sentiments, and that's not true in the slightest. For example, I remember my ex-boyfriend, uh, his sister, um, his mom was doing his sister's hair and I walked in, it was the day after his graduation. I had my natural hair out. If you don't know, I have 3C hair that's like loose curl type. And his sister, she has 4C hair and her mother was in the middle of perming her hair and I walked in, oh, what are y'all doing? And she said, oh, I'm just relaxing her hair. You're so lucky to have good hair. Oh my God, I get uh, that so much because yeah. when I was younger, I would do like twists. I was really natural because Ooh, my mom- it's important to, to chime in. Mm-hmm. My boyfriend, his mother, her sister, all dark skinned. Mm, interesting. Yeah. I get that because I, I'm like, everybody in my family has at least one lighter skinned child. Mm-hmm. So everybody in my family is kind of pretty much dark skinned, brown skinned, but they're darker than me. Mm-hmm. So with me, my hair. I used to have like very natural hair growing up until about like fifth, sixth grade where I used to straighten my hair because it was more of a sleek professional look because my aunts, my mom, my grandmother, they all pretty much had relaxers or perm. And so when it got to me, I really didn't get relaxers or perm, but I used to straighten my hair. And so with doing so, I liked it because it made it look longer and I looked like everybody else who was around me because at the time I was moving from one district to another. So I was trying to resemble the people that were around me. But in doing so, I ended up damaging my hair. And then I kind of felt like I was losing roots to who I was because it was like, why am I trying to be somebody that I'm not? And all the people who are around me are darker skin. So recently when I cut my hair, it was a lot of like, um, like a lot of people who were, I won't say angry, but they were like confusing. Like, why would you cut your hair? Like, what are you doing? And I was like, I really want to get back to my roots. And my hair is like a 4C. So it's like a little nappy. That's what I say about me. Everybody else, I don't know. But for my hair, it's a little nappy, but it has a curl pattern. And that's really what I want to get back into. But it's people in my family who is like, you shouldn't like do that. Like having your natural hair is nappy and it's not um, professional. Because all the people in my and my family are all teachers or work in a profession where you have to keep yourself clean and neat and you can't have this type of hairstyle or this type of hairstyle. So then it's like, I feel like it comes to that part where it's like we start changing our identity to match what society think is acceptable. Like you said, with it starting at home, it really does because you want it to resemble everyone else who looks like you. Exactly. As for me, I have darker skinned family members who were still perpetuating that colorist mindset onto me and passing it on to me and my cousins. For example, I am the lightest out of all of my cousins. All of them are dark skinned. I could see from a very young age that they clearly looked at me differently than they looked at them. For example, uh, I was always allowed to wear my hair natural. They weren't. Some context here, they have 4C hair. And if you don't know what that looks like, think Afro, uh, Angela Davis type hair. Yeah. If you know who Angela Davis is, this child, child, child forbid you don't. But anyway, they have that Afro hair type. They were not allowed to wear their hair out because, like we said earlier, colorism, texturism goes hand in hand. If you don't yeah. know what texturism is, it's favoring looser curl patterns over the kinkier curl patterns, which is not okay. And I noticed that I was allowed to wear my hair out. They weren't. They had to wear the braids or they had to get their hair relaxed. 
even today, now all of us were around the same age. I'm 17, they're 16, 17, 18. They still wear their hair in braids or they wear their hair relaxed or in weave. And they refuse to wear their hair out. And I ask them why. And they say, oh, it just doesn't look good. But who taught you that it doesn't look good? Your parents, your family, the people around you. I think that is why it's still so widespread because there's people who are refusing to let go of that mentality. And when you call them out on it, it's usually the people that are benefiting from it that are still perpetuating it. But it's interesting because you still see darker skinned people perpetuating this mentality. And I think it's because it goes so deep because it's their parents who taught them that. And their parents, yeah. parents taught their parents that. It really is just an endless cycle. And I really feel as though this generation really needs to do something about it. Yeah, I feel like it does. It's really deep connected because with my mom, they were pretty much raised by my great aunt, who is their mom's sister, and then my grandmother. And both my great aunt and my grandmother are very light skinned, like completely light skinned very much lighter than my mom and her sisters and so with them they were professional you have to stay clean you can't wear your hair like that like my great aunt to this day thinks wearing your natural hair is nappy and so for me like my parents kind of didn't raise me that way but it's like like my mom should be like you can wear your hair how you want but when it comes to like wearing natural hair it was like I don't know what to do and so for me, being that I'm about to be on my own graduating and I'm 17, I had the idea like, hey, I should be able to learn how to do my own hair. I should be able to feel comfortable wearing my hair out. Because sometimes after maybe a couple of years ago, maybe a year or two ago, I stopped straightening my hair because I didn't like how every time I straighten it, it will get thinner and thinner and thinner. Mm-hmm. And I feel like people don't realize that because after a while, you don't really see the progress that or de, uh, deep progress that your hair is making because of everything that's happening. But I saw it and I feel like I caught it a little bit early before I just didn't recognize myself, mm-hmm. but it took a while and a lot of convincing mentally for me, because I was like, I'm not only going to deal with people outside of my house, but people inside of my house that's saying like, Oh, I don't know if that's going to look right on you or all this stuff because of the type of hair that I have so it's like we have this mindset and I feel like everything goes hand to hand from generation 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 and with my grandmother and my great aunt their parents were from the time of Jim Crow because my um, great-grandfather he was born in 1891 and then my great-grandmother was born in 1901 so basically Man, they're they're, old. yeah <laughs> very very old dirt <laughs> So their mindset was like, because of the time that they came from, and it was still, even though it's like, it's still now, but back then the slavery mindset was still a very big thing. And it was just like, you have to do this and you have to do that. So it's like, I feel like it does go hand in hand with the mindset of family. But I also feel like people, this generation were a little bit more stubborn so it's like with me, I'm taking consideration what other people say, but at the end of the day, I'm going to do what I feel comfortable with and what I feel like I want my children to have and in, have instilled into them. So. Mm-hmm. And like you said, with outside perspectives on just your hair and your skin in general, a lot of the time I've noticed that from a young age, black girls are taught that they are their hair. 
a lot of girls, specifically black girls, they'll say, oh, I don't look right right now or I don't feel very confident. It's because their hair isn't done. They can look beautiful, makeup done, clothing done, body looking right, but their hair isn't done. So they don't feel as though they look good. Or uh, we have our relatives saying, what are you going to do about your hair? But we're just wearing our natural hair out. And we styled it. We spent hours doing our hair. And we go out to the family. Out of everything, that's always like the first thing they go to, though. Mm -hmm. It's always like, what are you going to do with your hair? Like, you, like, your face doesn't have to be beat. Your clothes can be raggedy. But the first thing I always hear somebody talk about, it's like, what are you going to do with your hair? Or that's the first thing that I bring up. Because it's just the mindset of... I have to look good and fit in. Mm-hmm. So I was also doing some research and I found out that darker skinned women are less likely to be married than light skinned women. And then I also found out that there's differences in pay rates between darker skinned men and it also mirrors the difference between african-americans and whites and i just found that so heart shattering to find out how there's a division in pay between color but also between how that is the same pay as black and whites so it's like lighter skinned women get paid more than darker skinned women but at the same time the rate is about as much as the difference between blacks and whites And I wanted to really talk about that first statistic you mentioned, how dark-skinned women are less likely to be married than lighter-skinned women. If you've ever seen any type of Black sitcom, like, let's say, My Wife and Kids, uh, Martin, mm, what are some more? The Bill Cosby Show, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Do you remember when the matriarch, like the mom, she would get replaced with a lighter-skinned woman? Yes, I was just thinking about that, especially with, like, the Fresh Prince. And I feel like they... In that time period, I don't think they realized what they were doing or trying to say. Because I was watching the Fresh Prince um, reunion that they recently did last year. And I remember the actress, the darker skin actress, had a sit down with Will Smith, who plays in the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. And they were basically talking about how, like, when she got fired and they replaced her with their lighter skin woman. They knew what showed- they were doing. I feel like they knew what they were doing and she was saying how like it showed um, a message to the mm-hmm. industry that because I feel like in me, I was like, why didn't they replace her with the darker skinned woman? Because she started, it was a darker skinned woman role. It started out that way. So why not replace her with a darker skinned woman? And then I was like, for them to replace her with a lighter skinned woman set a tone that yeah. maybe, and then it set the tone that darker skinned women are hard to work with. And that yeah. lighter skinned women are better. And that's what it made me think of. And I was like, it's starting those stereotypes. I really want to know what race the casting directors were, because I feel like that would be an entirely different conversation if they were black or if they were white or if they were any other minority. And I also feel like at the same period, uh, same time period that having those conversations about colorism was difficult. And I feel like nobody was really trying to Nobody was thinking that far ahead mm-hmm. because with replacing people going from one shade to another, you're basically saying that darker women are microaggression, like have microaggression that they're hard to work with and they're deemed impossible. But then you also have lighter skinned women who are deemed and perceived to be intelligent and 
witty and funny. So then it's like, why can't it be the same overall? Right, right. I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> I wish we could have like a little spark note so as we're talking, we can see the points we're making. Because my ADHD don't work well with this show. <laughs> and then um, I'm just putting out statistics that I found when I was uh, just reading. And I uh, found out that more darker skinned women go through trauma because they're more likely to get discriminated against. They have, they report more psychological deterioration and self-report worse health than lighter skinned women. And I feel like in the medical field- I just remembered what I was going to say. Gaslighting. They didn't bring it up in the 90s and they still don't bring it up now because when dark skinned women and men and everything in between, when they bring it up, they are gaslighted about their experience by their lighter skinned counterparts. They say, oh, well, I didn't experience things like that or, but we're all black. I especially see the but we're all black argument whenever we're bringing yeah. colorism. Because my thing is like, yes, we're all black, but you, I need you to realize that there's a difference between me being lighter than you. Exactly. And it's like, I don't, I don't really understand because there's a lot of issues in today's society, but on the particular one that we're talking about, I just don't understand why people can't separate the two why is everything has to be jumbled up because it's just like the same thing with white privilege and this is pretty much going hand in hand I've, i i will call it like black privilege i really feel as though whenever light-skinned people are trying to force their colorist experience on dark-skinned people it's the same uh let's go with what word can i use it's along the lines of white people when you bring up white privilege they say oh just because I'm white doesn't mean I can't experience X, Y, Z. We're not saying that because you're white, you're not experiencing this. We're saying you're not experiencing it because you're white. And a lot of light-skinned people, what they'll do is they'll try and erase those experiences that dark-skinned people have. They'll say, oh, but I was bullied. I was discriminated against. But it's really not on the same level as dark-skinned discrimination. Completely. I feel like um, people this generation don't listen. And I feel like a lot comes from listening and trying to understand the other the other person's point of view, because in doing so, you start to see reality shift and people's mindsets to shift. And I feel like we're so stubborn that we are stuck in our own ways that we can't internalize and visualize what the other person is trying to tell us. Because it's, people have been saying that this has been an issue since the like since dawn especially with everything the oscars like i remember people were talking about this well from my memory 2013 that was like a big issue but i'm just saying we spend so much time worrying about our own experiences that we refuse to listen to others that we refuse to listen to others because we all can be going through something dramatic but somebody's else experiences could be worse oh, than ours. Oh, 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 it just came over here. Okay. I think our topic is getting a little a little spicy. <laughs> that thunder was something serious, child. God said, Kessie preaching for her anyway. <laughs> so I'm also um, going to say, yeah, I really think misogyny also plays a big hand in it. Uh, specifically misogynier. If you don't know what misogynier is, it's misogyny, but specifically in the Black community. 
I think misogyny really plays a hand in it because I noticed, again, with the Twitter thing, because Twitter is pretty much the birthplace of every single media trend within the Black community. Of course. But I noticed that as dark-skinned people started to become more and more accepted in society, we would see lighter-skinned women starting to become jealous of them. And they would get angry that dark-skinned women were loving themselves despite everyone in society telling them not to. Specifically, men starting to go after them because light-skinned women were no longer the beauty standard. I feel like it's the opposite for me. I still feel like guys go after lighter-skinned women. Oh, definitely. But as of right now, dark-skinned women are definitely being praised on social media. Which I love. But but I've noticed it's a certain archetype of dark-skinned women. Oh, yeah. They have to have the Fashion Nova body with the Coke bottle waist and the Coke bottle shape. And they have to have straight hair, some type of weave in their hair. And if they do have to have natural hair, it has to be a certain length of 4C hair. Their face has to be beat. They have to have, not to be politically correct, but they have to have Eurocentric features. You know, like their nose can't be too Basically big. Basically a persona. <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. They have to pretty much be perfect in order to be praised. Exactly. And see, that's one of the things that I hate about the male species, especially within the Black community, how some they either go for the lighter-skinned woman because they resemble whites and their mm-hmm. features, or, and then they'll like, They'll praise lighter-skinned women, African-Americans, but then diss darker-skinned African-Americans because they look too out there. Not even exotic, just too out there, which Mm -hmm. I don't understand that. But then, what am I trying to say? Because I just had it. But I feel like darker, um, not even darker-skinned, but like in general, because it works both ways. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm not just saying it's males because females do the exact same thing where they might go for the lighter skin male instead of the darker skin male. Oh, my God. Have you seen those YouTube interviews with the one of the YouTubers in the mall and they go up to people and they're like, light skins or dark skins? And most of them would choose lighter skins. A lot of the um, guys, they'll choose light skins, but then the women will choose dark skins. And that goes into another thing about dark skins. Dark skin is masculinized within the black community. It is seen as more masculine, which is ridiculous. And then light skin is seen as more feminine. And that's why all the women are saying dark skin. And that's why all of the men are saying light skinned. That's crazy. It's just be killing me how like even with males in the African, um, African-American community, that sometimes they all date outside of their race because they feel like they want somebody lighter. So it's like they'll completely just forget about us and just date somebody else. They if we be in a hundred, I don't want that misogyny anywhere near me. I don't want the misogyny, not the color. I know. Take it away from me. I'm okay with that. Take it away from me, please. Me too. It just, it sucks how you have all these issues. And sometimes we can be the issue females. Y'all hear something? <laughs> sometimes the females can be the issue, but that's that's just on the side, you know. We're just... Females, I don't know what the thing is, but probably because we're better at hiding it, we don't say it like out loud. Out loud, like guys will go after what they want, and they'll and be really vocal about it. And then they're vocal. I've noticed that, uh, you know, Serena Williams, she's this super famous, super beautiful tennis player. She's very dark skinned. And I remember whenever she started to trend on social media, and people would be posting her. Um, videos of her playing tennis and her just being the powerhouse she is there would be men black men at that ridiculing her and calling her masculine saying she looks like a man and then whenever she married that man i think he's uh 
he's the creator of Reddit. He's a white man. They mm-hmm. started calling her a sellout for dating exactly. outside of the race. And my thing is, like, we're calling all these people, oh, you're sellouts, or you're not pro-black, like, all these things. But it's like, her. the thing is, when she needed you the most from her own community, you dissed her. Mm-hmm. Or you chose somebody else over yeah. an African-American. So then it's like, how can you be mad at us as females when we don't want to go on a date with a brother because the brothers ain't supporting the sisters? And it's interesting because I've noticed that whenever Black women date outside of their race, in turn, when they do that, they are not dissing Black men. However, Black men, in the same breath that they go and date outside of their race, they still find some way to bring up Black women in the process and demean them. I don't care if you date outside your race, but don't say, oh, I date Latina women because Black women X, Y, Z. I don't care. Exactly. It's like Black women shouldn't be... The main reason why you date outside race. Maybe you date outside race because you, you like, just like specific race. But don't bring us into it because you don't feel confident in your decision. Exactly. It's weird. It's gross. It's demeaning. And then these people will have black daughters, mixed black daughters, and then teach that exact same rhetoric to them. I know. And I feel like kids who are mixed have like the hardest lives ever because it's like you're stuck in between these two races. So then it's like, oh, I'm too black for I'm just going to use black and white if they're mixed. I'm too black for the white community, but I'm too white for the black community. So then it's like, it's hard in a sense. It's like all this stuff goes hand in hand, you know? But it's really up to us uh, to dismantle this colorism. And that's why my next and last talking point is how can we as a generation dismantle colorism within our community? I think as a generation with the new generations and all these different things coming up, I feel like now we're more truthful and honest to have those uncomfortable uh, conversations and to call out people when they're doing wrong and I feel like yes that's good but also people have to feel confident in themselves to be like you know what you're right maybe I do need to take a step back take a step back evaluate how I'm thinking my viewpoints and maybe come at you correct again another day Oh, definitely. Oh, definitely. I really, truly wish I did say something to my ex-boyfriend's mother, but I was just so shocked at what she said. And then his sister didn't even look phased when she said it. She just had a straight face. She was just looking down at her phone like she just said good morning to me. Like it was just a casual thing for her, which is really sad. But now I know that if someone were to say that to me, I would definitely turn into uh, Angela Davis. That would be my manifesto moment. And I would go onto a tangent about how that's not okay. I don't care where we are, public place, family reunion, movies. It doesn't matter. I'm going to call you out on it because that's not okay. And I also feel like we should start at home, maybe having this conversation with our parents because yep. um, most people are kind of open when you have those conversations, but I feel like it has to start at home. It's so many truthful and honest conversations that African-Americans will have to go through with their child just because they're Black in America. And I feel like one of these conversations should be it because one, I don't want to go out in the world and be gullible and not know because compared to the standard, I am considered light skin. Me too. So it's like, I don't want to go out and be like, oh my God, my life is so hard. And then there's somebody who's dark skin is like, honey, you don't know the half of it. But even then, it's not enough for just us to not be colorist. We need to be anti-colorist. Exactly. I feel like the issue should be called out more. And should. And I, uh, a lot of people in society now don't call out 
when it happens. And it's that complacency that keeps it from hap- that keeps it happening over and over again. That's why it's still exactly. so spread because no one is saying anything about it. And it's like the more and more that we keep it hidden, people feel like it's okay. Especially people outside of our race think it's okay. Mm-hmm. And so I just feel like we just as a as a whole, we just need to be more vocal mm-hmm. and just go um go th- just be honest and truthful. So with that being said, oh, also. I feel like we should have more inclusion in film and media. I just want to say that at the end. But with that being said, this is the end of our show. And we want to thank you guys so much, so much for tuning into the Melanin Show. That's our title. Sorry we did not mention it at the beginning, but we really just want to jump into the conversation. And we hope that everyone enjoyed and learned a little bit more about colorism, what it is, and hopefully that it inspired you to look into your life and to learn some more so have an amazing day and thank you for tuning in so we hope to see you next time bye bye